As Unitarian Universalists, we find wisdom and inspiration in many places. Jewish and Christian scriptures and other sacred texts, the arts, science, nature, and our own experiences. Our tradition keeps us open to revelation from many sources. Today's wisdom comes from the 16th verse of the Tao Te Ching, written by Lao Tzu. Our first reading of it was translated by Ursula K. Le Guin. Be completely empty. Be perfectly serene. The 10,000 things arise together. In their arising is their return. Now they flower and flowering sink homeward, returning to the root. The return to the root is peace. Peace to accept what must be, to know what endures. In that knowledge is wisdom. Without it, ruin, disorder. To know what endures is to be open-hearted, magnanimous, regal, blessed. Following the Tao, the way that endures forever. The body comes to its ending, but there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. I don't know about you, but I have to admit that I simultaneously am drawn to and suspicious of anything that tells me that there isn't anything to be afraid of. (laughs) My personal reaction to the reading of this verse and my relationship to it still is as paradoxical as the message itself. I find something about it irresistible and also irritating. (laughs) Familiar, yet at the same time incredibly foreign. Beautiful and bewildering. I'm new to Taoism, but it seems as though eliciting these contradicting, contradicting impressions might be part of the point. As Le Guin points out in her translation of the Tao Te Ching, the simplicity of Lao Tzu's language can present an almost impenetrable density of meaning. At the heart of this particular verse's message, which the choral piece, our service, is based around, is the invitation to return to the root. What does that mean, to return to the root? There are likely many ways to interpret this, just as there are many translations of this ancient text. But one way to interpret this question is as another version of the question we're asking together in this congregation this month in our worship services and our covenant groups around the theme of wholeness. What does it mean to be a people of wholeness?
to be our whole selves and support each other in living into our full selves together. And of course, within these questions come more questions. What is wholeness? And who gets to be whole? How do we get there? Much like the concept of enlightenment, wholeness can sound like a lofty, distant goal that only the most spiritually pure are able to reach, attained by those who work the hardest and sacrifice the most. But one puzzling and profound paradox that is emphasized in the Tao Te Ching is that effort, especially through words and hard thinking, is not the way to the root, to coming home to our true selves. I don't know about you, but that is my first impulse, to encounter something that I want to understand or to get somewhere. It's to crinkle my brow, hunch over those words, and try harder to figure them out, mostly by myself, so that no one is there to witness the struggle. And then, when I still feel at a loss, I go to YouTube and find something that breaks it down in my own language, which is exactly what I did after encountering verse 16. <laughs> and if you're curious, I highly recommend the videos on Taoism from the School of Life. And this was a very useful first step. I did know intuitively that this solo investigation and very intellectual memorization of the key takeaways would only get me so far. In the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu frequently references nature, not YouTube as far as I can tell, as a path to this knowing, to the return to ourselves. He writes, Nature does not hurry, but everything is accomplished. This rings, to me at least, as a very comforting contrast to our culture's sense of urgency, ambition, and often hurried movements and distractions. But if anyone has ever spent the afternoon outside, unplanned, maybe you did yesterday, watching a river flow or the breeze rustle the trees. We know that nature does have wisdom to teach us and that it is just what it is. It's not rushing or pretending to be anything it's not. As written in the chalice lighting for James this morning, our earth lit by sun, warmed by sunlight is our home. I and many folks that I know can relate to this healing home feeling of being in and observing nature. But there are many times, even as I recollect myself in a sunny, quiet spot outside, that I feel a bit too much of a mess for the serene scene around me to hold. Full of doubt, addictive behavior, meanness, needs, anxiety, 
Is wholeness possible for me? In my covenant group this month, I discovered that I might not be the only one who wonders this. And I want to honor the weight and the understandable urgency this question holds for many of us. But as I reflected on what we shared together that evening afterwards, I realized that in the very way that we ask this question together lies the answer. The very fact that we long for wholeness, for returning to the root, is evidence that we have known it and that we have been there all along and have been there before. Our bodies remember it and it longs to go back. As one of my covenant comrades shared, we can see wholeness embodied in the way young children are connected to their bodies to their desires, to their anger, to their joy, all at once. And we know this as adults, too. When you're with someone you love or doing something that you really love, that special state of timelessness, that flow state, once you feel that, it's imprinted in your cells, in your mind, and in your body. And so maybe the map back home to our root is already there in ourselves, in the 10,000 things. As Heather shared in her teaching of the movements incorporated in the returning the root during the message for all ages, the essence of this teaching is embodied. It's a physiological experience, a natural process, an effortless action something that we sink into. No need to strive, to gain, or to perfect. Ardor and artist, ardor and writer, <laughs> Emily McDowell puts it this way, this way. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself a remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. So there might be fear, but this is part of us too, and exactly why we need each other to help us remember that it's all okay, to remember how to be, how to breathe, how to sink homeward, returning, to the root.
When we breathe together, we practice remembering. We offer ourselves the possibility of remembering that sinking in, into our roots, into our center, into the home deep within us. The possibility of remembering that we have come out of the stars and deep in our bones and our organs and our cells, we are made of the same stuff. Elements, atoms created billions of years ago simply used over and over again to form the shells that these bodies are and all that is around us as we take our place for now in the flow. We offer ourselves the possibility of seeing ourselves as capable of wholeness. There's something about a communal practice. I can meditate by myself. I can immerse into a quiet space that is mine to control. Practicing a meditation with others makes me give up that sense of it being my own space, my own pace, helps me remember that I exist as part of larger bodies, inextricably linked by our origins and our interactions. Feeling the breathing of my human siblings next to me, hearing music, that we make together, seeing how my movement interacts with theirs, with yours, all help me remember those connections and that flow. In this way, sinking toward home, remembering wholeness, takes on a meaning bigger than my own self. I remember I am part of I am never alone. I am always connected. This begins, for me, the understanding of what it means to be a people of wholeness. Lilith Ohan, the artist who created the Enso painting on the cover of your order of service for this verse, writes about it. What a beautiful verse. It reminds us of something that somehow we tend to dismiss and even fight against, forgetting that it is what life is all about. The understanding that everything in life is circular, seasons, planets, all the living things, including us. We come from the source, expand, proliferate, then go back to that origin, the Tao. She continues, Lao Tzu's advice is to really dwell in this place, not only mentally, but experientially, understand the cyclic nature of life. With that understanding, we free ourselves from fear, striving for fame and possessions, but enjoy what there is for us in that moment while we are creating our masterpiece of and our life flow with the natural. 
we are all part of that flow. All reflections of this verse I have read hold the idea of sinking into that flow, of surrendering into remembering that we are part of it, that the truest sense of home comes in the tranquility of that remembering. The flow is natural and constant, and so the work that we do toward finding our own capacity for wholeness is both done in the context of that flow and supported by that flow. When we practice, in other words, finding our own grounding, we develop the ability to remember and return to our authentic selves, to return home. And as we practice this, we develop the ability to see others as their authentic selves. And there is wisdom in that. To close, I offer Lilith Ohan's translation of verse 16. Attain the ultimate emptiness. Hold on to the truest tranquility. The myriad things are all active. I therefore watch their return. Everything flourishes. Each returns to its root. Returning to the root is called tranquility. Tranquility is called returning to one's nature. Returning to one's nature is called constancy. Knowing constancy is called clarity. Not knowing constancy, one recklessly causes trouble. Knowing constancy is acceptance. Acceptance is impartiality. Impartiality is sovereign. Sovereign is heaven. Heaven is Tao. Tao is eternal. The self is no more without danger. <laughs>